Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, if you're looking for the latest Stanford football training camp tidbits, including position battles and the position change, and even a little bit on Stanford men's basketball, I got good news for you. You've come to the right place. Keep the earbuds in and hang out with us here for a while on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Presented by the Believe Podcast Network, Thursday, October 29th, 2020. Hope it's been a good week for you so far. Thank you for carving time out of your very, very busy schedule and uh, spending it here with us. We have a lot of ground to cover, a lot of Stanford football, and a little bit of Stanford hoops, too, as uh, some Stanford and Pac-12 hoops news coming out on Thursday that we will get you up to speed on in just a couple of minutes or so. But bulk of today's show is going to deal with Stanford football. Training camp ramping up this week and the season beginning next week. A lot of things left on the table for Stanford to try to get accomplished before before they get into full-on game week and get ready to hit the plane and head up to Eugene to face the Oregon Ducks. So you're going to hear from head coach David Shaw. You're also going to hear from Stanford sophomore Spencer Jorgensen and Stanford fifth-year outside linebacker Thunder Keck. So a lot of voices you're going to hear on this week's TreeCast. Including mine, I'm Troy Clarity. Hey, how you doing? Coming up on season number 28 following Stanford Sports uh, via just about any medium possible radio, TV, uh, broadcast, you name it. I've covered the Cardinal uh, in those ways, shapes, and forms over the last, coming up on three decades now. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity, last misspelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, now is the perfect time to do it because starting next week, we will be in game posting schedule mode. So we will generally come at you starting next week on Thursdays and on Sundays. One show to preview the upcoming opponents and get you up to speed on everything else that's happening around Stanford football and Stanford athletics. And Sunday, a complete review of what happened the day before. So we're going to get into our regular season groove here starting next week. I urge you to subscribe to the show via your favorite listening app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, any way you want to go, we've got you covered here on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Special thanks to our friends, of course, at the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, with 300-plus uh, shows and counting. Seems like they're adding some every week. But uh, anything you want to listen to, the Believe Podcast Network has got you covered. Three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics coming up in just a brief moment. But first, a reminder, the NFL season in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino. It never closes. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. Starting with some hoops. Let's dive into it with number one. The Stanford men's basketball schedule is taking shape. The Pac-12 is going to a 20-game conference schedule this year. That was that was in place even before Verona became a thing. And the conference announced its weekly matchups and sites on Thursday morning. Stanford's first conference game scheduled to be held December 13th at USC. That could be very intriguing. USC, a very young team with a lot of lot of young talent there. Stanford obviously has anticipated a season coming up for them, as, as I can remember in recent memory. After the new year, Stanford is scheduled to host Washington, the Washington schools rather, the LA schools, the Mountain schools, and the Oregon schools before hosting Cal to close out the season in the first weekend in March. Exact dates and times of all of Stanford's uh, regular season games in the Pac-12 anyway, are to be determined. Of course, Stanford is going to be taking part in the Maui Gym Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. It starts at the very end of November. And, and Stanford hasn't announced this yet, but Utah Valley has. So I feel comfortable in saying this, that Utah Valley is coming to Stanford uh, to uh, potentially open up the season on November the 25th. Utah Valley's head coach, some guy named Mark Madsen. So we're getting closer and closer to Stanford men's basketball. Looking forward to uh, seeing what the fellows can do this upcoming year. Speaking of schedules and plans and such, let's head to number two. All right, let's take you through the next week and a half for Stanford football, starting at the end from the opener at Oregon. Kickoff time in Eugene has been announced. It will be at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, so that's prime time on ABC. That should be an intriguing time for the nation to tune in to uh, Pac-12 football at that point. What's on the schedule until then? Well, Stanford usually holds a run-through at the stadium the week before the first game. Is that the plan again? Here's David Shaw. We will go to the stadium on Saturday. Um, won't do exactly the way that we've done it before. I'm actually going to shorten it a little bit. Um, we're going to get a good run-through on Friday. Um, kind of guys, let the guys rest their legs on Sunday and then have a good practice on Monday, knowing that Tuesday is going to be off uh, for Election Day. Um, so we will go out on Saturday. We'll do kind of a run through, you know, into the stadium, pregame warm up, um, go through a bunch of different situations, do some rotations, um, you know, hands team, onside kick, um, you know, all, all those funky things that come up. Um, so we'll, we'll go through that whole script on Saturday. Yeah, crossing some I's, dotting some T's, and the next thing you know, game week will be here. By the way, should mention, uh, the only other kickoff time that we do know of as of right now is big game, 1 p.m. on November the 27th. And a reminder that all the others will be announced 12 days or six days before the game is played. I have a feeling that we won't know kickoff time for the home opener against Colorado on November 14th until about six days out. I just I just have that feeling. Hopefully I am wrong there. But things starting to fall into place for Stanford over the next few days. And also nice to hear that the whole team and the whole program gets Tuesday off for election day. Go vote if you have not done so yet. Let's get to number three. You know, one of the really cool moments in college football is the moment that a walk-on player officially wins a scholarship. Well, last Saturday, that moment came 
for two Cardinal football players. Congratulations to senior outside linebacker Thunder Keck and sophomore Spencer Jorgensen. Thunder Justice Keck. Yes, that is his real and full name, but Thunder, very happy about that development. Super excited. That's something I've been kind of uh, working for for a long time. At the same time, it's not something like I necessarily have been thinking about while I've been here just because it's so, it's like very out of your control. Um, there's a lot of kind of like smaller goals that I was kind of more focused on um, in terms of my own like development as a player. And that's just kind of a nice little confirmation that like I've been kind of achieving those goals. That was Keck speaking to the media on Wednesday afternoon. Really cool to uh, be able to chat with him for a moment or so. Jorgensen played 10 games last year on special teams, actually blocked a punt against UCLA that was recovered for a Stanford touchdown that weird night on Thursday um, last season. More on him in a second. Thunder Keck has played 21 games over the last couple of seasons, and he had a jersey switch. You might be used to seeing him wearing number 77 out there. Now he is number 11. So congratulations to both of those young men. Those are three things. We'll get you a couple of things from David Shaw coming up in just a couple of minutes or so, but first, a little bit more on and with Spencer Jorgensen, the sophomore from Provo, uh, who also earned a scholarship over the weekend, along with Thunder Keck. Uh, Spencer talked to uh, Stanford Football Media on Wednesday afternoon, and he actually gave us a bit of breaking news along the way, a portion of his availability with a couple of questions from yours truly, beginning with his recollection of his scholarship earning moment. Super, super special moment, um, first and foremost. Definitely one of my highlights of my my time here. But just to have everybody, you know, post-practice, we all kind of were doing our stretch. We're all, we're all set up out there on the field. And Coach Shaw comes out and makes the announcement, you know, we're going to have a competition, um, and then calls up Thunder and I. And, and I first started to get suspicious because uh, Thunder's, Thunder's a lot bigger, stronger than I am. And I was like, you know, whatever competition this is going to be, I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out. <laughs> um, but then when he made the announcement, you know, uh, these, these two guys are going on scholarship and just to feel, feel the support of the team, so much love in that huddle and so much celebration of, of the success of another person. It really speaks to the character, I think, of the guys on this team and, and how they're able to be so selfless and just to be so supportive of a, really a huge moment for Thunder and I. What did it take uh, to get this? And, and what does it mean to you? Um, it means everything, honestly. It's a, it's a huge blessing and an honor. Um, I think it, it was big for me to feel the trust for my coaches, you know, to feel like that was going to be a worthwhile investment. Um, and just a huge opportunity to, uh, to have a burden lifted on one hand and then also an added responsibility on another hand. So I just really appreciate the, uh, the, the vote of confidence from my coaches. I think one of the big subplots for this year's team is going to be uh, especially the physical maturation from the freshmen to the sophomores, bigger, faster, stronger, a year underneath you as far as, as, far as co college football level strength and conditioning. Uh, take us through that process for you. Um, well, for me, I, I was playing DB. I came in as a, as a safety my freshman year. Um, and then over the course of the offseason, I started gaining some good weight. Um, I just recently moved down to the inside linebacker position. So our strength staff is doing an outstanding job. We have uh, Coach Zorn hired on as a nutritionist. So he's doing really well with our, with our nutrition, getting us fed right. And uh, obviously, Coach Carroll's taking care of business with us in the weight room. So 
I feel like everybody, uh, just looking around, everybody looks a lot bigger, running a lot faster, and, you know, like you're saying, definitely physically matured. Yeah, good stuff. And a couple of things with the breaking news on the position change as he heads to the inside linebacker's room as he broke that news himself. Obviously, there's no two-deep or three-deep depth chart available for Stanford right now. That won't come until next week when uh, Stanford issues one in preparation for the opener against Oregon. But Jorgensen joins a unit with Curtis Robinson, Jacob Mangum Farrar, and Ricky Miezon. Those three, I'm sure, will see the bulk of the rotation time at inside linebacker. And other guys listed as, lineback- as inside linebackers right now include Tristan Sinclair, who saw some playing time last year, sophomore Lavani Damuni, who has been getting some notice from some coaches. I'm starting to see his name get popped up when the coaches have uh, have been talking to the media so far this fall. And uh, sophomore Aeneas DeCosmo, who will wear number zero, a number that is legal in college football beginning this year. Uh, there'll be two number zeros on Stanford football this season, by the way, with the other one being worn uh, by the uh, transfer from uh, Air Force, the quarterback Isaiah Sanders, as he will wear number zero on the offensive side for Stanford football. That's it's going to be strange to see that number. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I, I kind of hate to lose bodies from the secondary because that position group may need all the help it can get, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. And uh, look, the coaches have watched the film. They've been at practice. I have done neither. So Jorgensen joining the ranks at the inside linebacker spot. The other thing that was interesting, or intriguing rather, from us, from uh, Spencer Jorgensen's uh, chat with us, were his thoughts on Stanford becoming bigger, faster, and stronger. We, we certainly talked about that a lot last year in real time when there were just so many freshmen on the field uh, playing in critical roles for Stanford football. And they even said it hasn't happened. Look, let's face it. These kids, by and large, aren't big enough, fast enough, and strong enough. And unfortunately, you saw a lot of that play itself out on the field last year. But Stanford will be much bigger, much faster, and much stronger this year. Spencer acknowledging that in that answer you heard a few moments ago, and David Shaw fully aware that that could be the case here this year too. We played a lot of young guys last year that didn't have the mass that we needed them to. Um, so I think a lot of those guys, you know, Thomas Booker being one um, that was able to put on the weight and keep his speed and athleticism. And that's what you're looking for as guys go from freshman to sophomore, sophomore year to junior year. Um, Their bodies are still developing, and uh, we try to do the best we can to accentuate that. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that's the idea, is that guys get bigger, faster, stronger. As David Shaw, Stanford will be much better in size, speed, and strength for the 2020 season. A lot of work went into that. You've certainly seen some of the some of the results in that. What Walter Rouse weighed uh, weighed in at 291 last year. Uh, this year, he's listed at 312. So that's a 21 pound differential. A lot of guys in the trenches packed on the pounds, and even more specifically, a lot of young guys packed on the pounds in the trenches. And because you can do this now, it's not just like me packing on the pounds during the pandemic. Even though I've lost weight throughout this whole thing, but but still, you get what I mean. They're packing on good pounds. They're packing on muscle. They're putting it in the right places as opposed to, again, most of the rest of you who have put on some pounds over the last few months. 
you know, just or, or people like or people you know. Maybe not you yourself, but you, I think you get what I'm saying here. Uh, Stanford doing the right things here, I think, in that respect to uh, uh, to get bigger, faster, and stronger. By the way, I, I came across an article earlier this week in the LA Times about UCLA and how under Chip Kelly, their spending on food has gone through the roof. And last year, the UCLA football program spent $5.4 million on food. Far and away, the most of any Power 5 program in college football. Seek out that article. It was in the LA Times earlier this week. It was really revelatory on a lot of different levels. But hopefully Stanford, a bigger Stanford, a faster Stanford, and a stronger Stanford is a uh, revelation in a positive way uh, for the Cardinals' opponents coming up this fall. Here it is. It's the final week of training camp. And uh, in a normal camp, uh, these would kind of be the dog days in a sense where you're just kind of ready to just kind of kind of shift into a different gear where things just kind of seem so monotonous and you're just you're just ready to go you're just ready to roll into something new well as we all know this is not a normal camp so given that I asked Thunder Keck for his psychoanalysis of where he thinks the team sits mentally right now I think a lot of us are just really grateful to be on the field like I, it just felt so good, like the first practice, being able to go out and hit someone. I imagine that feeling is going to be magnified tenfold when it's another team and we're allowed to, like, really do what we want to do out there. That's Thunder Keck. And uh, translation, he and the guys are ready to finally hit someone else for a change. Can't blame him. Can't blame him. It's been a long time uh, since uh, guys have been able to uh, have full contact with an opposing uh, team. Coming up on 10 months now. Guys are looking forward to having a game week. I suspect that David Shaw is in that mode as well. I, I you know, he, he had his he had his media availability on Tuesday afternoon, and maybe I'm reading too much into this. I don't know, but he just he just kind of seemed like he was ready to to get into game mode to finally be able to 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 get into a week where he gets to to be in that in that routine, in that schedule, and uh, do what I'm sure he enjoys doing the most. few things out of that uh, Tuesday media availability. Number one, I asked Coach Shaw what he knows about the defense now that he might not have known and didn't know about the defense a couple weeks ago. It's been an interesting time because we haven't had, you know, there's, there's such a ramp up um, the beginning of training camp and having to not practice here, but not just that, to be able to have to split practices. Our practices were a lot shorter than usual um, just because we didn't have the all the guys on the field at the same time uh, per, per county restrictions. Um, but it really in the last week or so, um, I think we've gotten a little bit better, got more of our stuff in, um, got some guys that were banged up back to where we're looking more like we want to look um, with our athleticism, with our physicality, um, not quite there yet. Um, but, uh, I would say that we have a little bit more depth, um, than I thought we may have at this point in time to where, you know, we've, we've got some of our younger guys coming along, um, in the secondary, some of our guys, uh, in the linebacking core, um, I knew we were going to be pretty deep outside linebacker wise and, and if we're healthy, we're, we're, we're deeper um, than I'd hope to be. And we'll see where we are in the next 10 days or so. But um, I'd probably say the biggest thing is we're a little bit deeper um, than I thought, which is great 
um, knowing that, you know, trying to ha having the off season that we've all had and thinking that any one guy is going to play every single snap of every single game. is probably unrealistic. So to be able to have some depth, be able to have some rotation, um, I think it helped us in the long haul. That's David Shaw and a, a long answer. Yes. I included the whole thing and I did that for a reason because it kind of seemed like it took him a while to get there, to get to explaining what he knows more about the defense now that he might not have known a couple of weeks ago. It kind of, it kind of sounded to me like maybe things have been a little, a little more tough on that side of the ball. Uh, again, this is me just trying to read some tea leaves and read into some things. Complete speculation on my part. I could be completely wrong here. I'll be the first to tell you whenever I think that is going to be the case. But it, 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 it certainly seemed like it took him a while to get to that, well, gee, we're deeper than I think portion of the answer. Then, then, then maybe, maybe it should have. I don't know. Maybe he was searching in that time and, and explaining that, you know, it's been tough for the defense to practice given given the constraints placed on, on them by Santa Clara County, and rightfully so. We are trying to fight a pandemic, but it, it just seemed like he was searching a bit for some positive things that he's learned because maybe there are some other things that he's learned and maybe they're not quite so positive and he doesn't quite want to share it with us. Now, the big question is with, with, the, def with the depth that David Shaw has discovered on defense. Is it quantity depth or is it quality depth? Because there's certainly a big difference, I think, between the two. Quantity depth means that in a pinch, you can just throw guys out there. That You just have someone to turn to and say, hey, you, get out there and, and take some snaps for us. As opposed to quality depth being guys who you can put out there in situations and go, hey, we know that this guy is going to be able to do what we ask him to do. Is the quality depth there defensively for Stanford right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, the quantity depth appears to be there as of right now. Then again, the quantity depth was there at the inside linebacker spot in particular for Stanford when last season began, and it was whittled down to nearly nothing halfway through the season. So quantity depth is nice. Quality depth, I, I think, is, is, is much more key. And uh, hopefully Stanford can develop that quality depth as things go along. Shaw was asked along those lines defensively to break down the position battles at cornerback. David Shaw's response. The corner position for us, you know, Paulson uh, decided to go to the NFL. Uh, um, it, Really, really things for us because looking at the way Caillou Kelly finished his freshman year and the work that he's put in this offseason, I honestly thought we may have the best corner duo in America. Um, and so so the competition on that other side has been real. It's been it's been very good. Um, I will say this. It's been great to see Ethan Bonner um, back healthy and in that mix. Um, but we've got a good group of guys. And like I said earlier, I, I don't anticipate any anybody playing every single snap of every game. Um, so I think we've got a good plan um, for the, the guys that will play in our secondary. Yeah, translation, that, that spot opposite Caillou Blue Kelly is wide open. And we, we kind of had that idea when Lance Anderson uh, spoke to the media a couple of weeks ago. You heard that on the TreeCast. If you want to go back to the Coach Speak and More episode, 
and, and he said it was going to be pretty much wide open, opposite of uh, Caillou Blue Kelly. And it appears that that has not changed to this point. David Shaw right there mentioning Ethan Bonner. Lance Anderson a couple of weeks ago mentioning Nick Toomer and Zaron Manley. Those were the, the first couple of names that, that came to mind for Lance Anderson a couple of weeks ago. Uh, don't forget Trey John Butler. Uh, Salim Turner Muhammad, and a couple of freshmen as well, Omari Porter and Brandon Jones. So, uh, I'm uh, barring anything out of the complete and total ordinary, you'll see Caillou Blue at one spot, the other spot, who knows? Who knows? And I'm not even really sure how much more we're going to know and how set in stone things are going to be when Stanford does issue its first depth chart, uh, which should come early next week in preparation for Oregon. More with David Shaw, as Stanford does have question marks. Many of them, for me, are on the defensive side of the ball. Oregon, the Cardinals' first opponent, they've got question marks too. And we'll obviously do more on the Ducks next week when we actually do uh, get into game, full-on game preview mode. But uh, the Ducks have some pretty sizable question marks in some pretty key positions. Quarterback, offensive line, secondary, and also a bit in the coaching staff as well. Now, this part of... Shaw's media availability this week stood out to me when when he was asked about all of the new play callers and offensive coordinators in the Pac-12 North this year, including Oregon's Joe Moorhead, and whether that's an advantage or a disadvantage for Stanford. Here was Shaw's answer. The difficulty in preparation for uh, new play callers um, is it's it's really tough. It's always been that way in, in college football because you don't have a preseason, um, so. You know, in general, really good play callers, even after watching their first game, you're still not 100% sure what they're going to do because they can kind of have the second game plan that's within their system but has more than the first game plan. So um, uh, the biggest thing, especially for us now, preparing for uh, a new offensive coordinator at Oregon is to really focus on our rules, our, our own tendencies, um, our own strengths and weaknesses, um, and, and make sure that our, all of our guys are just ready to play physically and ready to play within our scheme mentally um, to handle whatever Oregon throws at us. Yeah, question marks work both ways, right? I mean, just because, you know, I mean, we, we Oregon might have some things that it needs to answer, certainly, but that also means that Oregon's opponents, at least early on, aren't going to have much to go on. Now, Joe Moorhead is the offensive coordinator now at Oregon, as mentioned, behind head coach Mario Cristobal. The last couple of years, he was the head coach at Mississippi State. Oh, the Bulldogs have just fallen off the face of the planet. My word, good grief. But Joe Moorhead came from Starkville, and I'm sure that at uh, Lance Anderson and the fellas uh, spent more than, more than their share of time checking out Mississippi State game film. Oh, by the way, brand new quarterback. It's not like there's a given quantity there with Justin Herbert now doing some pretty good things for the L.A. Chargers in the NFL. Who's the quarterback at uh, Oregon for this year? Tyler Shuck? Probably, but there's no real guarantee of that based on some things I've heard out of Eugene to this point either. So question marks work both ways. And, you know, coaches, you know, you've, you've, heard, you've heard me talk about the unknown with – David Shaw, and, and with other coaches, especially over the past seven months or so, and how coaches prefer to, to have as much in their control, have as many, you know, control the knowns, right? And, and, and don't necessarily worry too much 
uh, about the unknowns. Just control what you can control. Well, certainly the unknowns on Oregon's side are certainly going to, I think, uh, play a bit into some things that we could potentially see next week. Again, much more on the Ducks uh, on next week's TreeCast, but I just, I just found that, uh, that little exchange uh, with David Shaw uh, quite fascinating. Final thing from David Shaw and his media availability this week, the freshmen. How are they coming along? How have they been handling all of this? David Shaw had some pretty high praise for those guys. We were a young team last year. We got a lot of guys coming back. So our freshmen, our incoming freshmen, um, these are these are these are spots where you're gonna have to fight to get on the field. So when a freshman steps on the field, it's not just because we we like them; it's because they've gone out there and they've outperformed somebody, whether it's in general or in something specific that we put them out there for. So I've been very pleased with this freshman class. I think they're very competitive. I think they're driven, and uh, and we'll see how many guys get on the field. But as far as between the ears, I'm extremely pleased with this group of young men. Yeah, and, and it's certainly good to hear that from David Shaw. I mean, some folks are clamoring for him to name actual names, which freshmen have have, have directly stood out. And, you know, head coaches, I'm sure, are, are, are pretty um, reluctant to maybe do something like that and uh, shine the spotlight on a freshman during training camp when – Freshmen are just so unpredictable. Let's just let's just call it what it is. You know, a lot of them don't have the bodies for college football uh, to this point yet. And of course, who knows what happens when a freshman is actually thrown into situations, real live game situations, and and everything that they thought they learned during training camp goes out the window at moments when you least expect it to. So I understand why coaches are a bit reluctant to point to specific freshmen and say, especially during training camp, and say that guy is a stud. He's been a fantastic first all throughout training camp and, and oh my God, all Pac-12 fresh, uh, freshman team. Uh, those honors are, no, no, no. Not that David Shaw is that kind of guy necessarily anyway. But it is good to hear that the freshmen appear to be handling things quite well, especially given everything else that's, that's surrounded this season to this point. And good to hear that he, he seems to feel a bit comfortable with where youngsters are. Now, Miles Hinton, uh, the offensive tackle, uh, EJ Smith, the running back, uh, those are the two freshmen, or among the two freshmen, I would think, that would uh, garner perhaps the most attention to this point. Uh, a couple of other youngsters have, uh, ha- have really uh, been, 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 na- been named and mentioned uh, by other, other coaches and other players as well. We mentioned a couple of them earlier, and Omari Porter and Brandon Jones, a couple of young cornerbacks, John Humphreys, a wide receiver, uh, a, a freshman there. Benjamin uh, Urosek, uh, tight end from Bakersfield, has, has also been uh, getting some, some notice as well, along with Drake Metcalf, uh, backup center. So, you know, good, good to hear that, that the freshmen appear to be off on the right foot as their young careers begin at Stanford. That being said, Hopefully we don't see anywhere near as much of the 2020 freshmen as we did of the 2019 freshmen. All due respect, but hopefully the veterans take center stage this year and for all the right reasons for the Cardinal. So those are just a few things from David Shaw's weekly media availability. Much more from David Shaw as the season finally gets into gear starting next week. Can't wait. It's almost here. And, of course, you know the TreeCast will be all over it as we dive into our 
fifth season? Yeah, fifth season on the TreeCast. <laughs> fifth Stanford football season here on the TreeCast, which will begin next week. And as mentioned at the start of the show, but I think it's worth reiterating, if you haven't subscribed yet, do it now. Best time to do it. Best time to get in on the show uh, because starting next week, we'll start coming at you uh, with game preview episodes and then game review episodes. So we're getting into regular season mode, man. Jump on the train right now, and uh, pretty soon we'll be giving you two tree casts a week for the same price. Oh, wait. The price is free. That is right. Always welcome your thoughts on the show uh, via Twitter, hashtag TreeCast. That's the best way to go. Hashtag TreeCast, the best way to ensure that I do see your thoughts. And the next time we talk, we will be in game week. And also the next time we talk, it will have been election day. And if you have not voted yet, please do so. And hopefully that uh, hopefully we take steps next week to uh, start getting back on track and start making this country a better place and kind of narrowing the gap between what this country is and what this country can be. Let's start narrowing that gap, hopefully starting next week. Looking forward to being back with you and talking actual real live football. Thanks to the folks that you heard from here on this week's episode of the TreeCast. That would be head coach David Shaw. That would be Stanford safety. I mean, inside linebacker Spencer Jorgensen. And that would be Stanford outside linebacker Thunder Keck. Special thanks to one and all. Biggest thanks to you for checking out the show. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Almost as dumb as the person who refuses to wear a mask in this day and age. Mask it or casket. Talk to you next time. Be safe. Have a great week. And we'll see you on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save